Hello, hello, and welcome to a new episode of 20 and Trying. I'm Charlotte. And I'm Peyton. Today, we are speaking with Samantha Olson and Victor Martinez of Shifter Magazine, an Orlando-based publication and all-inclusive visual magazine that highlights LGBTQIA voices. Victor is the founder as well as the editor-in-chief, and Samantha serves as deputy editor. We had the honor of graduating alongside Samantha from the Nicholson School of Communication at UCF, and Victor is also a UCF grad. You will notice a common theme in this episode of effective allyship. One way to do so is amplifying voices directly affected by the situation. And with that being said, we are passing the mic to these two wonderful individuals to talk about inclusivity, representation, pronouns, and Pride Month. We hope you enjoy this episode. Typically, we start every episode off with our weekly optimism, but because of the context of this interview, I think it's actually really important to start with your preferred pronouns. I'm looking to send to see if she wants to go first. I can go first. Um, I use he, they pronouns. I use she, her. Okay. And the first, the first person who spoke was Victor. And the second person who spoke was Sam, Samantha, and they are the, the two of the some people behind Shifter Mag. And we are so excited to be sitting down with both of you. But now that we have preferred pronouns out of the way, we are going to start with our weekly optimism. So what is something that you're looking forward to for this week? Victor, you want to start? <laughs> first, we just sent the first proof, uh, like the digital file of our issue to the printers. Our issue is going print finally, and we're really excited about that. Very exciting. Yeah. Um, And then for me, it's the same thing, but it's even more exciting because I did some interviews for, or I did one interview for this issue, and I actually edited photos for the first time. It's like high school. So that's super exciting. And I'm just really excited to get that out to people. That is a big deal. Congratulations on going to print. We know how much work is involved in the back end for that. That is such an exciting thing to be looking forward to. Yeah, no, Sam and I, since we started this project, our dream has been to go print. And the fact that we're able to do it for our first year anniversary, it's it's amazing. Wow, I'm so happy for you guys. And we'll talk a little bit about that year anniversary coming up, but Pei, what is your weekly optimism? Jeez, honestly, it's going to sound so like not great in comparison to yours because you have such amazing things going on in your life. But mine is to relax this weekend because I'm still adjusting to my new work schedule and like getting into it. And like the past two weekends, I've had people in town going out. And now I'm just like, I want to bum it for like a weekend. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I'm going to do. So I'm pretty excited about that. <laughs> I just don't suggest getting food poisoning to bum it oh. because that is not a way to relax. Sure. That's what you had recently. Speaking from experience last week, yeah. My yeah. weekly optimism is I am painting my room this weekend yeah. and I am building a new bed. I have had the paint color that's behind my wall since I was like 10 years old and literally been sleeping in the same bed since I was three. So I feel like 20 years later, it's time for some big girl changes. And that is what this weekend is about. Okay. Definitely. <laughs> it's about time. It's only taken 20 years. I mean, come on. No, no. <laughs> anyway, moving on to our interview. 
Yes. Okay. So we're going to get into a little bit about you guys and Shifter Mag. So Shifter Mag is a quote from an all-inclusive magazine catering to the underdogs, the hipsters, the trendsetter, the queer folks. How do you marry the importance of representing the LGBTQ plus community and promoting new up-and-coming artists? Yeah, no, definitely. Something that I want to highlight with what you just mentioned is that queer individuals are more than just queer individuals. Um, while that is a big part of their life, they're also like human beings, they're artists, they're like underdogs. And I think that's a big point of something that we wanted to highlight for Shifter Magazine, um, especially because I consider myself uh, an artist. I am an artist, um, but I'm also a queer individual. So I think that intersection is definitely like a highlight for our, our magazine. Could I add on to that? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, so basically what Victor said, and it's also so important, like as an ally, too, to be so involved in the LGBT community, because obviously we have that privilege and we don't experience things the same way that people do within the community. So it's up to us to educate ourselves and teach other people about, you know, the stuff that they go through, because not everyone understands the capacity that, you know, a lot of people struggle and I'm not saying everybody does, but a lot of people within the community aren't always surrounded by people that are as accepting. So that's where like the ideology of a chosen family comes into play and Shifter is like literally the best chosen family, I feel like. That is so beautiful. And it's so important because it's not only, I mean, obviously representation is above all, but it's also an educational tool. And I think that that's amazing because you really are trying to reach all sorts of people and touch them within any sort of capacity that you can. No, definitely. And I also think the experience within the queer umbrella is not the same. So while we are educating our ally friends and ally members and ally uh, like followers, we are also educating ourselves within mm-hmm. uh, because you know my experiences are not the same experiences as someone who identifies as a lesbian or is transgender or is non-binary. Um, I am non-binary, but that's also a whole different concept because my experience doesn't equal to like other non-binary folks. So, and we will actually touch on identifying as non-binary later in this interview, which I'm super interested to dive into. Um, but you just mentioned about how Shifter can be an ally and helps us all be better allies. I read an article that was posted earlier this month. Obviously, June is Pride Month, so everything that is on the site is really aimed towards educating people about what others are doing for Pride Month, and there's a podcast. Obviously, you know, love those podcasts, and the quote said that, and I hope I get this quote right, that being a gay cisgender man isn't necessarily, like, it's been done with, which I don't, we obviously don't want to diminish what the coming out process is like for cisgender men, but it's very interesting that there are so many other stories to highlight and it isn't, everyone has a different coming out process and has a different story to tell. And we love that Shifter is not only educating others, because it's just like you said, that members who identify within the LGBTQ plus community aren't, that's not just their only quality. There's so much about them, but then you can also write about Olivia Rodrigo and her new album. So it's, and we know that Sam is the resident Olivia Rodrigo expert here. 
<laughs> yes, um, this is true. I literally, the other day, uh, or not the other day, it was like a few weeks ago, I was doing like research to write something about Olivia Rodrigo for Shifter. And I have this other job where I write about her all the time. So oh, you I- can brag about what that other job is. <laughs> I was like, is this the place to do that? Um, <laughs> So I am an editorial fellow over at Seventeen Magazine, and obviously their demographic is Gen Z. So we literally have a whole section on our website catered to Olivia Rodrigo, and yeah. half the stories I've written are about her. So I was pulling up something I wrote for Seventeen to like refer back to when I was writing about Olivia for Shifter, and I found. So I literally googled my name and her name together to like find whatever story I was looking for. And I saw a Wikipedia page and I was like, why is this showing up when I search my name with her name? So I click in and on the bottom, you know, on Wikipedia, anyone could like write in and do whatever. Someone used an article of mine as a reference on her Wikipedia for her single Good For You. So I was like, this is nuts. Um, Olivia, if you ever find my articles, please call me. I'd love to hang out. (laughs) Um, Not that it'll be like weird or anything because I'm an expert on you, but yeah <laughs> oh my gosh I that is you are such an icon Sam um but moving back to Shifter I would love to know a little bit more about the motivation behind starting this and why it's so important that a media organization like yours does exist yeah definitely so I came up with a concept for Shifter uh when I say five years ago um I was still living in PR uh, Puerto Rico and it was really interesting going through a personal kind of like awakening. You know, you go to college and you become a new person, but you're not really becoming a new person. You're becoming who you really are. So I was obsessed with this show called Teen Titans. And this is like where it gets like a little geeky. So there is the uh, Beast Boy, the character Beast Boy, and he gets to shape shift into different animals and, you know, this whole spiel. And for some reason, I would always get annoyed with his character. I was either like a big fan or I would get annoyed. And then I was like, what's going on? So I started looking inwards and I started to realize that I was jealous of the character. You know, in my surroundings and my limitations, I wasn't able to do as much or be as much or be like as much as the person I wanted to be. So I started like um, looking into the concept of like, huh, shifter. You know, I can maybe shift through fashion. I can shave through gender, like through the concept, you know, yeah, expanding on it. And I love, I love magazines. I love publication. I love writing. Um, And I was like, hold up. I think there's something here. And here we are. Wow. I just got the, that was like, I was like, oh my God, that's so, that's a beautiful story behind it. Thank you. Yeah, I know. And I actually tried, I tried doing shape. uh, It started as shapeshifter back in 2016, 2017. It did not go well. It wasn't what I wanted to envision. And I don't think it wasn't because I hadn't, I didn't have the right team. Um, It's just because I wasn't where I am now, both in like my career, in my expertise, but also as as a person and in my, in terms of who I am now. And how did, Sam, how did you get involved within Shifter? So it's funny because I met Victor in like fall 2018. And it was a semester, I believe, after they moved to Florida. So we were hanging out one day. I just, I literally remember this so vividly. We were sitting in the middle of Menchie's, a frozen yogurt place. And campus? We, yeah, the one in Plaza, <laughs> yeah. right by campus. And 
we were just chatting obviously we were with other people and um we were just chatting and victor brought up at the time the instagram page for at the time it was still shapeshifter um and he told me oh i'm really interested in making this like a magazine like i want to do all these photo shoots and and just he, he was telling me about it and i was like oh wow i really love that like if you ever want to do something hit me up but it was very early in our relationship and our friendship and then you know fast forward to 2020 god like such a tumultuous year uh at the beginning of the covid 19 pandemic uh, at this point, me and Victor were like this, we're best friends. Like I consider Victor my family, like I said earlier. So we would FaceTime like every day. And he was like, I really want to do this right now. And like, will you do it with me? Um, because obviously I study journalism and creative writing and editing and publishing. So I have like all of that under my, my belt. And I was like, absolutely. I'm dying to hop onto this. I've always wanted to work for a magazine. Like that's always been a dream of mine. So like, can I cuss? <laughs> Yeah. Is that a okay, so I was like, fuck it, why not? Um, <laughs> so I hopped on and like as deputy editor because Victor is editor in chief. And since then it started up out as us two. And then we, our team has grown tremendously since then. And I think we're at like 20 people now almost, which is insane because we've only been around for a year. Wow. And so, so this started as a shapeshifter your own type of you know thoughts and it wasn't until 2020 that it really got off the ground so yeah. what what was the process into really you know getting it started like what type of work and went into that for people who don't know how to launch a magazine <laughs> like ma so there are a lot of um, facets to starting anything really um but a publication it's really interesting now because you need to have, I, how do I say this? You need to have multiple fronts to it. It's not just a website. It's not just like a printed issue. It's, you know, you have to have a face. You have to have a social media. And then you bring it up social media. It's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest. It goes on. So um, when we started Sam and I just like sat down. We're like, okay, we, we need to talk about how we're going to do this because we're two people at this moment. You're still in college. I think I, I just had graduated. I'm working, you're working, we're doing so many things, but we, I don't want to burn us out. We need to, you know, fully know how to do this. So when we came to our blog or like our editorial side, I was like, Sam, this is your world. This is your expertise. You're going to handle this. I'm going to handle everything else, social media and administrative. And that's how we got started. Um, we started, we didn't even have a website when we started. We had a, an Instagram, that's what we had. And we started posting maybe like twice a week, then we started like, okay, maybe we can make a website. Uh, maybe we can like start printing. Obviously we don't have the, we didn't have the funds to start printing right away. So we were like, okay, let's recruit our friends first because we have great friends who are writers, artists, illustrators. And we were like, let's just see what happens. And I think within the first three or four months we had a website. We had three columns going up. We had, I want to say like maybe like five writers. Um, I had a friend helping me with social media, help Sam help me with social media. And that's how you get started. I think just setting a foundation for all the pillars and then have kind of like someone work on those areas and right. start growing from there. there. There's so much that goes into there it. So much. I mean, social media presence alone is a lot, so you know, and then you have to add in you know, like you said, writers and artists and illustrators. And to see that you guys are where you are now within a year is 
amazing. It's super inspirational. And I'm a big fan of recruiting friends to help. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you don't work. Feel I mean, like you really do with your friends. I feel like as long as you're on the same wavelength, like it seems you both are very creative and intellectual people. Like you seem like you mesh well, not only within friendship, but within the business aspect of it too. Yeah. And the creative aspect. Yeah, definitely. Like I mentioned, Sam has the editorial side and like knowledge to her. Um, I studied uh, public relations and advertising. So that's like where my mind goes. So marketing and like business side. But I think the key with doing experience is sending, uh, setting up boundaries. You know, Sam and I both work from like nine to five every day. And we touch base on like shifter stuff for today. And then maybe we have like an extra hour after five to work on shifter but then you get to like i want to say like 7 38 we're not talking about shifter we stop work we're not uh co-workers we're not like founders we're like friends now right you have that little you know your schedule you know we work then we work on shifter and then now we're back to just talking about friend stuff yeah so no that's good that you guys have that because it's better to have a skit like i said a schedule and you can actually keep everything in line and then not burn yourselves out. Like you mentioned earlier, because you both are doing so much. So in your redemption issue just launched or is going to print. So what does this issue mean for the two of you? Oh, wow. I could start. So redemption, it's funny because I remember we had an outdoor picnic with some of our interns from last semester in Oviedo at the park. And I sat down next to Victor. We had just launched our last issue, which was in bloom. I, you know, it was about that time where we were like, okay, we, we need another theme. So I just remember like, it came up very casually and Victor and I were talking about it. And I, all of a sudden I was like, yeah, I literally thought yesterday about this, like redemption, cause it's gonna be our one year anniversary. Um, we're at the point now where we can print, which is what we've always wanted to do. So we're at the point now where we could do so much more than we were able to last year. And not to say that none of it was good or it wasn't enough, but this time around we have so many more resources and we have interns and a staff and graphic designers and we have like a marketing person. So we have this whole team that is so dedicated. And redemption, like for me personally, means I guess just like one-upping yourself. You know, people say that redemption is coming up from something bad or tumultuous or maybe not anything you expected for yourself, which is true. But for me, it's like, okay, how can I make myself better? How can I make this team better? How can we grow from this? And to me, that's what redemption means. That's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. I, I think that, and this is like apl uh, applicable to like all our, our themes. Every person who reads our issues or interacts with the magazine has their own take on all the topics and all the themes. So in my editor letter, editor's letter, I wrote, this is a concept that it's meant to be personal. Um, you know, Sam has her, her own twist of redemption. The magazine as a publication and as a company has, um, like Sam mentioned, like its own twist. In my case, redemption is sort of like looking inwards again and evaluating things that you've done prior that you, maybe you're not proud of or you didn't give your all and you want to try again. It's it's a second chance. And I think it's also really fitting with Shifter because this is my second chance with Shifter and trying it. And, you know, it again, it's a full circle and it's a beautiful process. 
I absolutely love that. I think that's a perfect name, especially based on what you're saying and the, everything that went into it. And I feel like it's going to be amazing. I think that's the best thing about magazines is that everyone can find something special that they identify with, whether it's the cover story that pulls them or the theme that overarching throughout the entire issue. And again, we can all kind of find something within ourselves of why we gravitate towards the concept of redemption and what that is associated with. So I'm so excited for your issue. And it's also the one year anniversary, which is at the perfect time because June is pride month. So going a little bit back, I told, I said that we were kind of touch on non-binary and this is where we're touching and we're, we're going in on it. So obviously shifter covers a lot of topics about the LGBTQIA plus community. And with Instagram and LinkedIn adding preferred pronouns, I think that it's a really interesting time to see exactly what's going on. I know that an actress, do we say actor, actress? This is where, but someone who was in Crazy Stupid Love just came out as non-binary, but we always hear this stupid argument when it comes to using they, them pronouns, which is when it, when you're talking about could it actually be grammatically correct? So having two writers here, I think this is the perfect time to also say like why this argument is kind of BS and why using they, them pronouns is so important. You want to go? Or... I could go, yeah. It's crazy to think about because grammatically, people are, are always going to argue that it's not right. And it's, you know, you're referring to one person, like, why are you saying they went to the store and all this stuff? But, you know, when Sam Smith came out as non-binary a few years back, the <laughs> AP literally screwed up so bad. They wrote an entire story about how they came out as non-binary, but still used he, him. And I'm like, okay, you're the Associated Press you should know this. Like, why are you, you know, fumbling this bag so bad? Like, why, why is it so troublesome? Um, I know. And it's, and I'm, I'm not here dragging the Associated Press. Obviously that's my whole life. Um, (laughs) We all know that AP is the Bible. The AP style book is the Bible and journalism. Um, I stand by that. My desk. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like such a weird thing for people to argue that it's not grammatically correct because well, one, respect people's wishes. They identify as such, listen to them and just run with it. Why is it such a problem? Why do you have to question it? Um, There are so many older people, Gen Z is really in tune with this. Like we're on the mark, we're getting it right. But there are older generations where they're like, but why? And I'm like, why not? Right. Yeah. And I find it really interesting that that's sort of um, a debate because if you're really focusing on grammar rather than that person's like identity and existence, I think the problem is within you, not within the other person. And that's something that I really like emphasize a lot when I find myself either criticizing someone else or like making a judgment of other people is I am my own person with a, lo- a bunch of situations and problems enough for me to you know be entertained. I don't need to look to the side and explore someone else's lives so I don't understand the message still gets across when you use they 
them in a sentence, you still understand what the person's trying to communicate to you. So I don't know why it's such a big conversation. There's also the debate that it's like, if you're talking, so let's say me and Victor, someone writes about me and Victor, right? And they want to say, see there, I just said they, because I don't know whoever this hypothetical person is. Mm-hmm, exactly. And that is a good practice to have. Like when you don't know wow. someone, just refer to them as they or them or whatever, because you don't know right. unless you ask. So I actually, so back to the example, if someone were to write about me and Victor, they would say like, they started a magazine, but Victor goes by he, they. So are they talking about Victor? Are they talking about both of us? The problem there, or it's not even a problem. The solution there is to just say Sam and Victor. First name, yeah. Or or like Olsen and Martinez. Like, it doesn't matter. All you have to do is change the way it's written. And I don't know why people have such a problem with that, but I digress. It's But it's such a good point to have because we can't assume just based off someone's outward appearance, what their pronouns are. And I think that we are living in thankfully a very progressive society and people feel comfortable even like having their pronouns in a Zoom meeting or that Instagram has added it onto their profile, which is super exciting. There's always going to be naysayers. There's going to be people who are frankly annoying and they don't want to change their actions to associate for someone else's needs, which is just selfish and frankly moronic. If you use double negatives, get over yourself. (laughs) Um, If I can add to that too, like a few months ago, I interviewed a drag queen and it was such a wonderful experience because the first thing upon, you know, introducing ourselves was I, I said my pronouns because that should just be normalized. If we're meeting for the first time, I'm going to tell you, hey, my name is Sam. I go by she, her. I mean, just by looking at me, you might assume that, but like you said, no one knows that. Um, So in that interview, I did that. They asked me my preferred name first. So I said, oh, you can call me Sam. My pronouns are she, her. And then they went back. They're like, oh, you know, I'm Bob. He, him, she, her, they, them. They go by all pronouns. So yeah. That is, is this the drag queen who I think you're talking about, though? Literally, Bob, the drag queen. <laughs> oh my god! Humble wow. brag, sorry. Just a little but like, bit. I, I didn't say that because I wanted to name drop Bob the drag queen. I wanted to mention that because it's so important upon a first meeting with people uh, or greeting, just to do it. Like it should be normalized. It should be something as simple as that. And for some reason, people don't do it as often. Yeah, I agree. I think that, you know, hopefully with these social media, like you were saying, Instagram and and LinkedIn, adding a way for you to express and say what your pronouns are, that it will become something that people will start doing and it can be integrated into our society because I think it's something that is out of respect for the other person. And I think that a lot of people have been putting that to the side and just assuming somebody is one way or the other, just by how they look. And I think that it's a respect thing and you want to be addressed just like you would want to be addressed by your correct name. You want to be addressed by who you are. Yeah. I want to add to to what you just mentioned. Um, I think the concept of pronouns should come from a, a place of respect, not a place from expectation. You should never expect someone to be like obligated to tell you their pronouns or to like put them on their Instagram. And this is coming from like more of the queer community 
because while I do celebrate like Instagram and LinkedIn, I don't think any other social media has done it, but like social, um, Instagram and LinkedIn, I applaud them for it. For it. I do want to point out that there is, how do I say this? There can be a social pressure for certain individuals within the community to feel obligated to put their pronouns when they're not ready. Um, and they can be outing themselves or, you know, it can be a pressure within their circles that can cause them like trouble or danger. So it's also something that was really interesting to highlight. Very true. And a lot of people I I think also don't notice that as well. And that's a big thing. So it's like, again, with the respect, like you either, you know, need to be respectful in the aspect, like I do want you to use these pronouns or I'm not comfortable putting mine out there just yet. And recognizing that those are steps to be a better ally. And you mentioned that Shifter Mag is also a great asset for allies and we can learn more. But besides obviously reading and promoting and being a fan of Shifter and just also being a good human, what are steps that people who may not necessarily associate within the LGBTQ plus community, how can we be a better ally for those individuals? Yeah. There's a saying, and I'm trying to, to remember how it is. When being an ally, I think the most important thing is to amplify voices, not speak in their, in their shoes, you know? When you try to speak about someone's experience for them, it can come off from your own experience and not fully the message delivered across. So yeah, amplifying messages from the queer community and from your queer friends, uh, queer celebrities and, you know, uh, activists. That's the key point of using your privilege as a cis, but as a cis gender person in, in our society and our social media. People are more likely, and this is a horrible thing, but it's, it's a reality. People are most likely to hear what you have to say if you are in some way privileged or in some way have the platform or simply just the ability to open your mouth and have a crowd of people just turn their head and look at you. So I think when that happens, instead of using your own voice, or your own words, just become a microphone and, you know, again, amplify what someone else is saying. Absolutely. I think that I say, I've said this many times on this podcast about, cause we've spoken about influencers a lot. And I always say like, there's a stigma around that because a lot of people don't use their platforms in the right way. And one way to use it in a good way is to maybe take a step back and let the people who need to and who wants to share their voices, do it for themselves. Not everything is from your eyes. And though people are listening because you have privilege, yeah. you can always just take the step back and be like, here. Yeah. So I think that's really important. And there's multiple ways for celebrities and influencers to do this. I remember last summer, I follow a few celebrities. I, I can't name any of them, but they would go on live on Instagram and they would just leave their, their mic muted, their screen muted, but they would accept someone to jump on their call with them. And that person was speaking about their experience. You know, if it was a, a LGBTQ plus issue, then someone from the community will be the person to speak, but on their platform. Um, if it was a Black Lives Matters issue, then someone who identifies Black, who is Black or African-American would take the platform and speak on it. So I think, yeah, it's definitely sticking, taking a step back and realizing, okay, this issue isn't directed directed at me, but that doesn't mean I need to turn it eye. You know, I have a platform. I can deliver a message. I should do. I should be doing so. Right. And to add on to that, I think the important part about 
being a good ally or just being an effective ally is recognizing that privilege and acknowledging that you have it because that's where things take a wrong turn for a lot of people who think they're allies or you know they state that they're allies and I'm not saying they're not but they do exactly the opposite which right. is they, they speak from their own experience like if they were in this marginalized community when the truth of the matter is you don't know a thing and you should be like Victor said and I say it all the time and we all say it all the time as journalists is to pass the mic instead of being the person talking about it so I think about that literally every day of my life and as an ally it's not about you it literally is not about you it's not about saying oh I'm such a good ally no that's horrible it's about the person that needs more representation and the communities and all of that so again it's not about you it's about these other people who should have the same rights and the same opportunities and unfortunately they don't I did want to add that what you're saying about how someone could say, you know, I'm such a good ally. It's kind of like how someone could say, I'm such a good person. Mm -hmm. When somebody has to continually repeat that, it's like, are you trying to convince me or yourself? So you just have to really do some, you know, educate yourself, look inward and actually ask yourself, am I doing the work? Am I amplifying voices? And that means not focusing on yourself. Yeah, it is what it is. I wish everybody could, you know, get it as quickly as that, but <laughs> unfortunately, but I feel like, you know, down, there is some growth. So we'll, we, we will see in the future. Um, but since it's June, I don't know how it's June already. It feels like it was just January. It's crazy, but it is pride month. So what does pride mean to both of you? Wow. Okay. It's a really broad one, but uh, you can... Yeah. Kind of do what you want with it. Yeah, um, I think to me, pride is one being, obviously this, it comes with the word, proud of who you are, proud of the things you do, the qualities that you have, but also taking into, into consideration your past and things that contributed, you know, to your life without you even knowing or, you know, especially when, when it comes to the like queer pride, you, you need to be able to understand and honor and just be conscious of every person that fought for you to have rights and the people who are constantly still fighting to this day for you to continue having those rights um so I think yeah that's what pride means to me yeah for me it's about celebrating my chosen family and my queer friends who you know they're just so incredible. I am in love with this community because they, it, it takes a lot for some people, but they are just so open and transparent and proud to be who they are. And like I said, it takes a lot for some people and for others, they're, they're luckier in the sense where um, the people they're surrounded by are more accepting, right? So it's all about bravery and just being in tune with who you are and loving love and just spreading that good positive energy but also for me that's what it means personally but it's also a time to think about other people who might not be as fortunate or people who aren't out and they're not ready to be out and just having compassion for others and understanding that because while it's parades and parties and like rainbows everywhere oh my gosh it's also a hard time for a lot of people and it's recognizing all the factors that go into pride but pride for me is 
so much fun because I'm surrounded by people that I love and in turn make me a better person and inspire me to just be who I am, however I want to be. That's beautiful. Both of your answers were beautiful. You know, I feel like celebration, but you know, you can celebrate, but you never forget, you know, the past. You always have to remember, you know, there's gratitude there for the people who have fought for the rights that some can have today, you know? And then there's also, like you said, there's a lot of hurt that also is associated with, with the month. But like you said, it is a lot of fun. I think that that's what is usually put out there is, you know, we're, it's such an accepting community. Everybody is so beautiful and wonderful and all about being yourself. So I think that that's, it's such a, it's such a great time. (laughs) I hope that with this pride month as well, because we know that some states aren't as open and cognizant of allowing equal rights for people within the community. So I hope just that this pride is also a time that can really strengthen the collective that yes, there are still battles to be fought, but there is such a community and there are people that will continue to fight the battles with you. So I love June. No, I was just going to add to that and, and say that everyone can partake in this battle. Like Sam mentioned earlier, we're talking about human rights, you know, and if you're not going to put yourself in the front line and be like, you know, jelly, but if you see, if you see an action being happening, especially in the States and we see a lot on like Twitter and Instagram about call your representatives and call your, you know, local uh, politicians. And that's how you can partake in into the fight, you know, and like progression. And that's something that I feel like people should do more and have pride in doing it. Absolutely. There was a really interesting meme that I, I saw. And I think this also kind of goes back to like being an ally that it's like, you can't be an ally if your boyfriend's homophobic. And I know that I I probably saw it because Sam shared it or something, but I think that it's like, it's small actions like that. Like if you are afraid to stand up for something you believe in because of your boyfriend dumped his ass. Yeah. But it's small things like that. Yeah. And I think the term ally isn't something that you should be like, um, like, you know, shouting. And then it's like, okay, done with this. I get to go. And then, like it should be like a 24 7 thing and it doesn't really have an expiration date it, it shouldn't be you're an ally when you're re- with your queer friends mm-hmm. but then you have a boyfriend who's homophobic or making transphobic remarks and then you're like well no like it should be like a 24 7 like every situation scenario that you're in um if your dad or mom or a legal guardian says something correct them if a friend says something correct them I don't understand it. I know it can spark a difficult situation, but that shows that goes to show like, okay, it's giving you an uncomfortable situation for maybe like 10, 20 minutes. Imagine someone who is queer having to experience that on a daily, every single day with their family members, with their friends, with strangers. So I think if, if you're listening to this and your boyfriend's homophobic, I please (laughs) dump him. I am going to add to that and say, if your boyfriend is homophobic or your partner, because who knows, if your partner is homophobic, the sex isn't that good. You can give it up. I promise you. I promise you there's someone better. Yeah. I mean, you guys, you you hit hit the nail on the head. There's nothing even more to add. Like, do better. Don't, not on and off like a light switch, whether you want to be an ally or not. 
you're you're either it or you're not. Yeah. And if you keep around a partner or whatever, boyfriend, girlfriend around that it feels that type of way, bye-bye. Sayonara. <laughs> so shifting gears a little. Oh yeah. We wrap up every episode with our stable question. So obviously the podcast is called 20 and trying. It's all about 20 somethings who are trying to make the most of it. You launched a magazine during a pandemic. I think that is definitely, it speaks volumes about how you made the most of a trying situation. So what piece of advice would you offer to 20 somethings who are trying to figure out their place in the world and make the most of their twenties? I think it's really interesting to be in your twenties, especially right now. I think if you're in your twenties right now, you're in between being a Gen Z, being a millennial. And I think because of that, you just have imposter syndrome. And it's, I suffer from that with like every day. I know Sam also has episodes of, of this. I think realizing it, but also like taking a step back and going, I'm 20, I'm 23. And I, t- I was telling Sam this like a few days ago, I was like, I'm 23 and I'm about to like have a pregnant issue from my magazine that I started. So sometimes you're doing things and it's not enough. So I think my advice would be take a step back and just take in everything you've accomplished by a certain age, but don't let that be like a, a, like a stopping factor. You know, I'm 23 and I did this, but I'm also thinking about I have seven more years in my twenties. God knows what I'm going to do in the next seven years. So I think, yeah, that's my advice. Just not putting limitations on to yourself. That's that's key. Mm-hmm. Really good. Oh, that hit hard. <laughs> I think for me, 20 and trying or being 20 and trying means, and that's what I love about this podcast and just like the topics and everything about all of this, which is why I was so excited to come on today. Your 20s are meant for trying. Like that's literally what they're for. Um, so I don't know anyone my age who is so established and on top of the world. Um, and if they are, um, good for them, I guess. But, <laughs> you know, not everyone is that lucky. So your 20s are meant for trying and you shouldn't be so hard on yourself because like Victor said, take a step back and think of all the things you've done, right? Think of my personal favorite thing to do when I'm down in the dumps and have my episodes of imposter syndrome or I think I'm not good enough or, you know, thin enough or pretty enough or smart enough, like, am I worth being where I'm at right now? I like to think about like my 13 year old self, right? And I just know me at 13 would be so proud of me at 22. Like, there's no question about it. If 13 year old me saw me today, I think I'm the coolest person ever. And I'm not saying that to be like full of myself, no, but, it's, no, but it's, yeah, it's, yeah. you look back at your older selves and your, I mean, your past selves and you're so different. Yeah. So you're, yeah. Yeah. So it's just about, you know, celebrating where you are now and thinking about where you were a few years ago and how much you've grown in that time. Yeah. Because not, you know, you're not going to have everything mm-hmm. at this very moment. Yeah. And I want to add to that people in their twenties should be, 20 and trying in their own lane, don't put your goals or your um, accomplishments through the lens, like in comparison to someone else's. Don't do that because you're going to bring yourself down. If you do that, they're done more and they're going to set yourself down or you've done more than them and then your ego is going to get boosted. No, like stay in your lane, keep trying. If you fail, just keep trying. You have your whole life to do that. 
What amazing advice. Again, every, every time I I'm on one of these, I literally learn so much and I always get advice. It's like free therapy, honestly. Thank you. That was amazing. <laughs> it's such a good like shift of perspective as well, because for me, like I just thought, I mean, first of all, the alliteration got to love it, but it's like, you know, twenties are trying. It's really hard to kind of figure out like who you are, but then you take the concept of, oh my God, like, are we Gen Z? Are we millennial? Like we don't have a home. Someone told us that earlier, like millennials. Um, (laughs) That couples with the fact, then it's just like, would my 13 year old self, like be like, you still need to do more. Like, what do you mean? You're still living at home. Like, but, and then like staying in your own lane and just understand like this, oh my gosh, it's just like, thank you for shifting my perspective, especially when I kind of needed like a little knock on the head. Thank you, both of you so much. Thank you. Honestly. Quickly, I um, want to say that I, I love, I don't know if it's doing it on purpose, but the word on play with the word shift, shifting, <laughs> not all the time in my meetings. <laughs> I was going to say that, I'm like, shift. <laughs> perspective I always do that in my meetings oh yeah I definitely did that on purpose (laughs) yeah so I just want to take the time to thank you for having us on because this is so much fun first of all I love podcasts I could listen to them all day I just love hearing people speak and hearing I mean like-minded people and then people who might not think like me you know talk about different topics and stuff like Victor a few months back was on NPR Code Switch. So I remember seeing that. Yeah. So I listening to that episode and not only like supporting my best friend who I consider my sibling, but listening to all these other stories from different sources and stuff was so fascinating. And again, congratulations on this podcast and the message of everything is so important. And that's why I'm again, so excited to be here and to add on to that because like I said, 20s are for trying and people need to realize that. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to be on our podcast. We will obviously plug Shifter, your own social channels, but please tell the audience within the last few minutes just where they can read Shifter. It's so much more than just a magazine. Plug away. Yeah. Our website is shiftermag.com and all of our socials is shifter period mag. Um, on TikTok, it's just Shift Your Mag together. We have issues, like our digital issues on our website. And then we also have blog content and weekly stuff that we put out. We have our Shifter Fest initiative where we highlight performance artists that goes up on our IG TV every Friday. And we're coming to an end with that. But we're so excited to, to just like share our platform with other people. We can't wait to share with our audience. Thank you so much. And congrats on the print. Exciting! (laughs) Thanks for listening to this episode of 20 and Try. If you want to know more about Shifter Mag, make sure to check out their Instagram at shifter.mag and their website, all linked in the show notes below. And if you're interested in Shifter merch, you can find them on Redbubble. If you're not already following 20 and Trying on Instagram, what are you waiting for? You can find us at 20andtrying.podcast. Make sure to join our secret Facebook group and check out our blog and website where you'll find all things related to 20 and trying. As always, Peyton and I are so grateful for you taking time out of your day to listen to our podcast and we will be back next week. Bye.